Welcome back, everyone, to episode 76 of Life in Lit. We are continuing on with our spooky season, cozy fall vibes this week with a new-to-us author and a new-to-us book that came out last year that we both absolutely loved. It's the perfect book to cozy up with on a chilly fall night. So this week, we are going to be covering The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. Before we dive in, I'm Sydney. And I'm Paige. And this is Life and Lit. This book I absolutely loved. This is one of those that I got from the library, which I'm glad I got it in September because now there are a bunch of holds on it because spooky season. But I want to buy it because I could totally see myself rereading this every time like every year when the weather starts to turn not even just around Halloween even like Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. Christmas time because it's it's kind of in that holiday setting um and it's so cozy it's so perfect I just I love this book it was so cozy and this was one that I think you found like on TikTok yes. or something and suggested. No. I never even I don't even know. know how I found it. I think I just Googled one day like cozy fall reads or something because we were trying to get our lineup together. And this is one of the ones that popped up. Well, it was a good pick because you're right. It's so cozy and wholesome and sweet. It's just it's got a little bit of everything, a little bit of mm-hmm fall witchy magic a little bit of holiday magic a little bit of romance family just all the good stuff that we love in a book so yeah it was very and I think my favorite part about this I love when books reference Jane Austen yeah and this felt like a modern like Jane Austen read I don't know like the main character was very much like a Lizzie Bennet or you know, who, whatever spunky female lead you want to think of mm-hmm. for Jane Austen. But then um, her, you know, love interest was very much a Darcy. And, you know, yes. I love a Darcy character. So I I just loved this book. I've decided I'm going to buy it. That's oh, it. I love that. It's definitely good. Yeah. It's definitely worthy to be on the shelf all the time. We've convinced me to buy it. <laughs> yes. So... Before we dive in, I will go ahead and give a summary, and this is The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. As one of the few witches in Britain, Mika Moon knows she has to hide her magic, keep her head down, and stay away from other witches so their powers don't mingle and draw attention. And as an orphan who lost her parents at a young age and was raised by strangers, she's used to being alone and following the rules, with one exception an online account where she posts videos pretending to be a witch. She thinks no one will take it seriously. But someone does. An unexpected message arrives, begging her to travel to the remote and mysterious Nowhere House to teach three young witches how to control their magic. It breaks all of the rules, but Mika goes anyways, and is immediately tangled up in the lives and secrets of not only her three charges, but also an absent archaeologist, a retired actor, two long-suffering caretakers, and Jamie the handsome and prickly librarian of Nowhere House who would do anything to protect the children. And as far as he's concerned, a stranger like Mika is a threat, an irritatingly appealing threat. 
As Mika begins to find her place at Nowhere House, the thought of belonging somewhere begins to feel like a real possibility. But magic isn't the only danger in the world, and when peril comes knocking at their door, Mika will need to decide whether to risk everything to protect her found family that she didn't know she was looking for. Oh, I love it. It's so good. It's such a good read. (laughs) This is another one, like is what happens a lot with this podcast. I didn't read the back of the book. I had no idea. I knew, I think I read like the first paragraph of this about her going to this house to like Mm -hmm. help three young witches. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Okay. I didn't read any of the rest of it. I had no idea it was going to be like a cute romance. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's just such, I mean, I know you said cozy read like times a million. I mean, we need to come up with a better description or a new description, but it's just such a comforting read because it's about community. It's about family. And, you know, obviously we've got romance and this girl like finding herself and, you know, becoming her own person. And there's like the magic aspects and the holidays. Like it's just perfect. And it's so quirky. I loved it. Yes. And it's, witty too it's not like really cheesy because that can be annoying sometimes but it's witty with like the references they play off of and you mentioned how they referenced Jane Austen and just the funny things the banter these characters have is so fun to read yes I love the banter and like the tension the romantic tension between the two leads like it wasn't you're typical like romance novel it wasn't that at all but the tension was so delicious I was just like oh I need this to happen yes (laughs) but she kept you waiting (laughs) is had one of my favorite tropes of like the gruffy standoffish guy that secretly got a heart of gold Mm -hmm. it gave it gave me like Luke Danes vibes which I loved. Obviously. Oh, it was totally the Darcy trope. Yeah. It's and so I good. love it. It's so good. I'm going to start calling that the Darcy trope instead of like enemies to lovers or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's that's fair. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, loved it. If you can't tell, we highly recommend it. So if you want to press pause here, go grab yourself a copy devour it in an afternoon like we did and then come back and listen i would press pause here because spoiler alerts after this if not we're gonna dive in to the very secret society of irregular witches which is such a mouthful <laughs> it was and i called it something different in every single text message to you <laughs> i think you're texting i'm like have you started irregular witches have you started society of witches or yes. witch society like we had to shorten it because that's a mouthful. I'm calling it Witch Society and because I thought that those words went together in the title. I was like, they don't. They don't. Secret Witches. Yeah. Yeah. So we open up uh, with our main character. Sorry, I need to find my glasses. I can't <laughs> read this. Boss okay. accent, main character. <laughs> <laughs> my character. <laughs> 
Well, I was like scrolling through and I realized I didn't have my glasses on and I can't read the notes. Um, okay. I long paused yeah. because I realized I was going to read the summary and I didn't have the summary pulled up. So like, that's really helpful. <laughs> we are a mess. It's fine. It's a Monday, you know, we're, we're thriving. <laughs> so we start out with our main character, Mika Moon, and she is you know she's in her early 30s she's thriving she's young or you know all of this should be true but Mika is very much alone in the world um we kind of like the opening scene is one of the meetings of um the witch society I think we're gonna just shorten that (laughs) for Mm -hmm. the pod um and they meet like four times a year in really random destinations because the leader of the group, Primrose, kind of enforces this rule um, that they have to be alone. They can't attract public attention in order for like witches to survive because throughout history, we all know witches have been hunted. They have been condemned. They've been chased out of town. So they've decided like the safest way for them to survive is to survive apart, which is a very like lonely existence and that's something that I feel like the author did a really good job of like hitting home is like how lonely Mika was and how like you really felt bad for her like you felt her isolation and her lack of connections to others and it's also something that's so deeply ingrained in her because another characteristic of witches in this world is that they are all orphans that's like part of their a curse I guess you could say is that they are cursed to be orphaned as children and so Primrose was kind of the guardian caretaker of Mika but she would always hire nannies or other people to watch over her and anytime they started to get too close to Mika like if they discovered her powers or you know just form too close of an attachment they would be let go or be fired and primrose said it was to keep her safe because Mm -hmm. she didn't want anyone discovering her magic and her powers but it really was damaging to mika because it just reinforced that isolation of never being able to have a true family and you know they leave and they'd have their memories wiped out so they wouldn't even remember who she was this little girl that they took care of and that was so heartbreaking it's so sad like like you said primrose was her caretaker but she was not her mother Um, So Mika was orphaned at a young age and Primrose, you know, somehow found out about her. I guess they have kind of like the secret network of witches that will like tell people when a young witch is born near them and took her back to England and raised her like that. So she is the mother figure in Mika's life, but she also keeps Mika like at a distance from her. But all the other witches in the society are living half truths like some people it's like their partner sort of knows about their abilities or maybe they do know that they're a witch um some people decide to hide that part from everyone in their lives to keep things simple but then they're hiding a very big part of them it's like denying that side of themselves in front of the person that they love the most so like they all gather to like commiserate about this and talk about the curse and how everyone's doing and kind of just like 
a group therapy session of like, how are we today? And then they all go their separate ways. But one thing that Mika's doing that Primrose does not approve of is the online videos that she's making where she's a quote unquote fake witch. You know, she does these like, I picture them as like TikToks or like Mm -hmm. Instagram reels of like, this is how like the love potion I'm going to make today with like all these background effects. But she's actually doing real magic. People just think she's like a really good influencer. It reminded me of like all of the cottage core or like witchy core stuff you would see on TikTok or Instagram where, yeah, it's like an extra persona yeah, it's just so believable because it is real, and the, you know people don't know that it's real, but to her it is, and she knows it's and real. it's yeah, it's a way for her to make connections and to connect with the magical side of her without really telling anybody that she's a mm-hmm. witch because people don't believe it, and if they do, they don't know her, so it's like okay. But then one day on social media, she gets a mysterious message from somebody. And they, like, commented or, like, messaged her after one of her videos and start asking her questions about herself. Like, where is she? Like, what type of magic does she Just, like, all these random questions that she's, like, is this person kidding? Do they think I'm a witch? Do they know I'm a witch? Like, what's happening? And in the end, they end up asking her to come tutor three young witches and help teach them how to control their magic. And she was... She didn't believe it. She didn't think it was real, but she was also so curious because she's like, wait, three witches in the same place, like living together like this, I have to see because this is against the rules and I have to see what's going on because she grew up, like we said, very much alone. So curiosity gets the best of her and she goes to the residence known as Nowhere House. there's like a like a couple like tongue twisters here truly known as nowhere house (laughs) um so it's in the english countryside i pictured like very quaint quirky house i kind of pictured the borough from harry potter like kind of a smaller version of that i pictured like the practical magic house but hidden Yeah. yeah. And so she pulls up and as soon as you drive through the gate, it's like pretty well hidden. But as soon as she finds the gate, she says she just felt the pull of the magic. And it was like driving through basically a magical shield. And she's greeted by all of the residents of this house. You know, there's the caretaker um housekeeper named lucy they're the two residents they're an elderly married couple ian and ken ian is the one who contacted mika he's kind of like the vivacious like colorful character like he's a retired actor he's very exuberant out there flamboyant he's just yeah he is this fiery, like, passionate personality. And then Ken, his partner, is the gardener. And he's kind of, like, the quiet, like, stabilizing force <laughs> behind Ian. And I loved them. I loved yes their dynamic. And it, it's just, like, the classic couple where one is super extroverted, the other one's quiet, and they just kind of balance each other out. And then we have Jamie, who is, like, the brooding, 
librarian who doesn't want Mika there because she's going to expose them and ruin the dynamic that they have. Like, he's very, very protective of the children. Can I just say, I love a male hero named Jamie. I just <laughs> right? automatically I love, love you. Part. Love it. I was like, it gave Outlander vibes, even though he doesn't yes. really look like, like he didn't have the red hair, I don't think, but I still no. was just getting that same like protective vibe. Yeah. Strong man. Oh, so good. It's just, I, I, think- I was thinking about it. I was like, I've never known a male character named Jamie that I didn't like. Except on, as I say that, Yellowstone. That Jamie is plot. <laughs> like, but <laughs> in a book. In a book. And I've a- never <laughs> known a male character named Jamie that's not just, like, perfection. Yeah. And I think I pictured kind of, like, a more, like, studious, like, bookworm version of Outlander Jamie. Because we always say, never trust a blonde man. Yeah. And the Jamie in this book was described as blonde, but to me, he was not. <laughs> but I, I just like, like immediately thought of us saying that when they were like just giving his like character description. I was like, oh, yeah. we don't usually trust blonde men. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let it slide this time. Cause I pictured him more of like a, and this is so like wrong, but it's just how I picture. Cause my mind, there's like the character descriptions, and then there's how I picture them in my mind, and they are not always the same way. Because <laughs> he gave, I was picturing like lumberjack vibe with like plaid and straw. Oh, wow, okay. I know. I, I was know picturing why. like I a cable knit sweater. <laughs> yeah, no, I was picturing like plaid, outdoorsy man, like manly man. Yeah. I think Can you tell we have different types? One hundred percent. I love that. <laughs> um, my Jamie had glasses on. That's all I gotta say. Um, my so, but I could be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. He's a librarian. They're supposed to have glasses. It's totally stereotype, but still. Um, so they're trying to convince Mika to come here and to tutor the young witches, and she's still like unsure of the whole thing like how are they allowed to live here together with primrose's you know number one rule being that witches have to live alone but ian told her that he knew she was actually a witch as soon as he saw her video he's like there's just like this sparkle about you and that's one thing in this book like magic appears i kind of pictured as like gold sparkling dust like in the air like if there's like really strong magic in the area and the reason that witches can't be together is the more that there are, the more powerful they are than people, like normal people, muggles, if you will, start to <laughs> notice it as well. So, um, and she sees that evidence everywhere around the house. Like there's plants that are out of season that are growing like it's, you know, in the middle of summer. Um, the house, you know, kind of just seems alive. But then she meets the three young girls. There's Altamira. She's the youngest. Um, Then uh, Rosetta. She's the oldest. And Terracotta. Right? Yes. She's the middle. She's the middle. Um, And And Terracotta. Let me just say. She does give strong middle child vibes. She's like really close to Jamie. Jamie is already resenting Mika, so Terracotta is like, I don't trust her either. Like, Jamie's right. We shouldn't trust her. Mm-hmm. So Altamira and Rosetta 
like welcome Mika with you know open arms they're very excited to get to know her but terracotta is basically like I'm gonna prove that I'm better than her and we don't need her here so Mika's like excited about it but she's still hesitant to accept the job and she's like you know why am I here why do they need to control their magic beyond obvious reasons and they tell her that the girl's legal guardian Lillian who's a very powerful witch has hired a lawyer or solicitor um, Mm -hmm. who's coming by like the day after Christmas to look at some documents and without Lillian there to help control her magic they don't want them like giving away the fact that they're witches so it's like this very like innocent reason um but it's very important that Edward doesn't discover them so that they can all be you know they can all be raised together so Mika it's also sketchy though like right from the beginning because Lillian is the girl's guardian and she like takes good care of them provides for them gives them everything they want but she is never there so like yeah it was very weird once a year maybe just in time to like reset the wards because she has cast Mm -hmm. this powerful protection over the house and that's how the girls have been able to escape primrose's notice because these wards like Mm -hmm. protect them and contain them from the outside world so she'll like show up in time to reset those and like say hello to everyone and then she just leaves again so she right is a very conflicting character like she yeah i didn't know what to think of her for their needs but none of them like think of her as a mother she doesn't have that kind of vibe she just like right alive and moves along she's their benefactor essentially and then she goes off they say she's an archaeologist and so Mm -hmm. then she goes back to her site her dig site um and she can't make it back they don't tell her why but they're like she can't make it back from the dig in time so you have have to help us protect the girls and she's like that's a little suspicious but she also grew up alone and knew how awful that was and she wants to keep these girls together so she decides to accept the job and it's like a six week period or something mm-hmm. um so she goes back moves out of her apartment um moves she's like the attic of nowhere house which has a view of the sea and um, you know, it's like this big space that they have all set up for her. It's like a very cute scene. Of, yeah. You know, like the girls, like they stayed up all night to um, to welcome her here. So, and the sea also played like a big, I felt like the sea was almost a character too, because mm-hmm. I guess like with witches, they always want to be closer to like close to water because again, this is kind of like the natural magic sort of thing, kind of like we saw in Spells for Forgetting, but a lot friendlier so she quickly settles into life at nowhere house you know she quickly befriends ian and ken and lucy but has a harder time with jamie and terracotta although she's very attracted to jamie from the get-go and i think it's pretty obvious that he feels the same but her first lesson actually starts when she unpacks because altamira the youngest just randomly begins to float so she, you know, explains about the properties of magic and, like, how they can, you know, harness, like, the gold dust magic in the air around them and use it. And magic wants to be used and it gets kind of, like, mischievous when it's left uncontrolled. So 
she you know that's kind of like their first lesson is like floating and controlling it and then coming back down and at lunch Mika finally meets Terracotta like on that first day and she immediately kind of like very bluntly threatens to kill Mika and hide her body hide her body and I was like oh all right like you're that kind of child she's Um, testing her to the she's testing her yeah and it goes on for weeks, which we'll get into. But yeah. she just anything Mika wants her to do, even if it's something Terracotta wants to do, she's just like, no, I'm not going to listen to you. Or no, I'm not going to do that. Or you don't know what you're talking about. I know it better than you. Like, it's just such yes. a bratty kid thing. Like, such a bratty thing. Yes. Yeah, it was written perfectly. Um, yes. But, you know, Mika sees how she, like, follows Jamie's lead. So, like, she you know gets jamie alone later and advises him not to like encourage her or let his mistrust of her rub off on the girl for her own good she's like i'm here to help them and i want to help them but if she can't trust me then like this is actually dangerous and like it's Mm -hmm. not good for her so they go through you know all these little lessons she you know teaches girls about animation and like we said like floating and the whole time Ian is like scheming in the background to set Mika and Jamie up romantically which I love because like, you always need that character and it was so funny too because it's yeah. not subtle at all like no he like locks them the... in the pantry together yes and they're <laughs> like on a trip to take Rosetta into town to a bookstore to like try to get her acclimated to the outside world and they're driving together and he's just like so do you have a boyfriend when's the last time you yeah. had a boyfriend <laughs> what do you think right. you know? are you looking to date it's just so funny I know and he's like Jamie's also single aren't you Jamie mm-hmm. like just like going back and forth and Jamie's like been there done that with with Ian this is not the first time but Ian's like I think this one could stick like you know I think this is it and we're all like yeah you know we think so too so it's just like these cute little scenes about, you know, her teaching the girls to control the magic and like settling in at nowhere house and like kind of allowing herself to be very open with these people mm-hmm. and to let them in in return. Cause she's always, you know, been places for the shirt term shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the shirt term. <laughs> shirt term. The short term. <laughs> My Midwest is uh, escaping. All right. For the short term. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, she's trying to, like, resist becoming too comfortable there. But, like, it's very easy because she feels like she's finally found a place where she belongs. And because the girls are all there together, she's like, well, maybe they'll keep me until, like, the girls are all, like, grown and out of the house like she starts to kind of picture a long term <laughs> a long term okay a long term <laughs> a long term future there yes because it's the first place Goodness. that she's been able to be herself even with mm-hmm. these strangers because like they know that she's a witch that's always been the thing she's had to hide from people but here they already know that. So she can kind of relax and like she finds out that she likes teaching the girl. I mean, kind of how she mm-hmm. would 
with her Instagram or social media or whatever, like teaching people yeah. about magic. Yeah. This is a way she can do it in a real way that's, you know, true. And I don't know. It was just really sweet to find her, see her like settle in and find herself and gain some confidence and slowly went over everybody like Ian and Ken and Lucy kind of all were on board, but she slowly starts to win Jamie over mm-hmm. with, you know, the way that she interacts with the girls and, you know, trying, doing things to keep them safe and, you know, just taking her job really seriously, not blowing it off. She, she takes it as seriously as Jamie feels about it. So that helps him, you know, relax a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Which I love to see that like slow burn there, mm-hmm. like him warming up to her and like you could tell he was like attracted to her, but like couldn't let it show. I, I don't know. I just love yeah. those. little. And romances. they start to bond. Cause like one night Mika is kind of oh, a night owl. This is, and like, she my was favorite part, so. I know it's so good. She <laughs> was out like catching the moonlight or something. Cause she keeps all these vials of. Her. Oh, the stars. Yes. Yeah. Her like. Sorry, I'm like gushing over here. Um, what she called them like most useful things basically but there's like lavender essential oil and like all these different things and like starlight and moonlight and so she's out mm-hmm. one night like harvesting the starlight and she can hear jamie downstairs and she hears him break a glass and like groan in pain like he cut himself so she goes down to check on him and yeah he's dropped a glass and cut himself and she like uses the magic to clean it up and invites him upstairs to doctor his hand and they start to talk and drink and then this becomes a nightly thing which is so sweet where it just becomes part of the routine that he goes upstairs for a little nightcap to hang out and talk with her it was so good Mm, so and then he like learns like her her preferred drink and like starts bringing up just that for her yeah pink gin i I had never heard of that but yes i know (laughs) she's fancy so after their little bonding, you know, Jamie has started to trust Mika more, but Terracotta has not. Like, she's kind of like that. She's got that bullish grudge against Mika that even if Jamie's, like, leading by example and not being, like, outwardly, <laughs> like, negative around Mika, Terracotta's like, well, you know, I still don't like her. I still don't trust her. So... She has been practicing, like, in the background, her levitation skills, which can still be, like, very dangerous. Like, yes, you're magical, and you can, like, levitate into the air, but what happens if you, like... Lose control. I don't know. Lose control. You fall or get blown away, whatever. So she kind of, like, decides to, like, show Mika up in a lesson, and Mika, you know, she's, like, egging her on like oh so you remember when we were like talking about levitation and you said we couldn't do it and yada yada and Mika's like explaining like yeah it's dangerous Terracotta's like we'll watch this and she starts to levitate into the air like pretty high off the air mm-hmm. so um, Mika starts to get really worried and is trying to like talk her down um, but Terracotta's like holding her ground so Mika you know goes up there with her but in doing so like the amount of like and power of the magic being used kind of like caused this reaction I kind of pictured it like a lightning bolt of magic and it like struck and then kind of split apart and was going to both of the witches but Mika being the stronger witch like knew it was about to happen so she redirected the bolt that was going to Terracotta into herself and so she gets struck by these bolts of magic 
she falls out of the air and she goes into hibernation, which everyone yeah. thought she was seriously injured or like or dead. Yeah. So Ian had seen this before. He knew immediately what was going on. He's like, oh, she's in hibernation because which is what witches do like when they've been seriously hurt. It's how they heal. And he knew this because like a tiny leaf had like grown on her throat or something, which was like a symbol. I know. I thought that was a little weird. It was like freaking out the most. I was just like, oh, yeah. I was like, all right. And they're like, yeah. And like when she's better, the leaf will fall out and she'll wake up. And it was like, all right. Uh, All right. So Jamie, of course, carries her up to her bed and she's out for like, I feel like a day. Um, Maybe a day. It was like like 36 hours or something. Yeah. And she wakes up and Jamie is there by her side and you know, she's kind of like she's like oh did I go into hibernation is terracotta okay like asking all these questions and she's like how long have I been out and have you guys been taking shifts and he's like yeah like we were all worried about you and she's like you've been here the whole time haven't you and he's like yeah I was like oh uh, Jamie oh, this is why I have unreal expectations of men um yeah. so Terracotta learns her lesson, thank goodness. And um, Mika heals. She, she wakes up. Out. She's fine. Like she's so weak. But then she gets a call from Primrose because Primrose is like, I felt a big burst of magic. Would you like to get lunch? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you had something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mika's very nervous because she knows she's about to get in trouble, but she thinks she gets away with it. Like, uh, because if Primrose found out about the girls, she would try to separate them. So she, you know, kind of like fakes her way through lunch, lies. She's like, oh yeah, that was me, but makes up like a reason about like the bolts of magic and Primrose Mm -hmm. lets it go. Um, and this is another thing that, like, earns the trust of Jamie and the rest of the crew because, like, they were worried about anyone finding out and Primrose finding out and, like, separating all of the girls. And so, yeah. kind of like I said, like, Mika was taking it so seriously and, like, determined to try to keep the girls together and do what was best for them. Um, and one thing, it was so sweet when she woke up and, like, terracotta came in and apologized and was all upset and then the other girls came in and they're like we know what you need a triple hug and they all piled on top of her and hugged her and she was like it just felt so good to have this family like taking care of her and i don't know it was just so sweet and that was like the the turning point in their relationship for terracotta and her Uh, yeah it was a really sweet scene but after her lunch with Primrose. She's too exhausted. Like she's still not fully healed. She's too exhausted to drive home. But Jamie surprises her by showing up to drive her home because he's like, mm. I knew you would be too tired to drive yourself. Uh, which side note, Mika's nickname for her car is the broomstick, which I loved. <laughs> it <cut laughs> like me what up. a cute little detail there. Yes. Um, but it was the whole oh, she was cold because she's feverish. So we gave her his jacket and he drove her car home like this whole cute rom-com scene Mm -hmm. um and they talk and she kind of you know 
there's like no walls between them at this point. So she's getting like to know each out other. of it. Yeah, she's like, delirious. Um, yeah. And then at one point asks him to kiss her and he refuses. So she's like, oh, like I misread the situation. Sorry. And he's like, oh, no, you didn't. Like you did not misread this. Like if you only knew, which is mm-hmm. ooh, so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then he's like, but you're not, like, fully in control. You're obviously unwell and you can't give consent. And I was like, yeah. even hotter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, and he, it was basically, like, not like this, which was so, yeah, oh, Yeah, it's like, oh. We love so it. Good. We're we such suckers, it. but that's okay. I love it. Yeah. Um, but then when they get home, Mika tells Jamie and Ian how people have used her for magic, you know, like, her nannies. If they found out, like, about her magic, they would, like, make her, like, use it on, like, ATMs and, like, bets and, like, all this stuff to, like, make them money or make their lives easier. And so that's another reason, like, Primrose would, you know, kind of wipe the memories and send them on her way. So Mika's, like, I really appreciate you guys for not ever doing that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's how, like, that means so much to me. So all these cute little bonding moments. So it just makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yes. Um, and then the next Mika and Jamie scene, which is what I am here for. Um, Jamie is also from Ireland, so I'm like, sign me up. Like, I need no more details here. Truly. <laughs> like a cute Irish librarian. I'm done. I'm good. Where's the ring? Um, <laughs> but he did not have a good um relationship with his family after his dad passed away like it was his dad's favorite his brothers resented him and his mom like didn't do anything to stop them after uh, his dad passed away so he's meeting them in town like for his mother's birthday and he's basically going to get closure because he hasn't seen them since he came to england so he asked mika to go with him um, it's kind of like moral support, which is really cute. And she's also like, I can. Well, it's Ian's idea, of course. And Jamie's <laughs> like, like, I can't oh, go with you. Fine. You know who can? <laughs> yes. Um, but then it's because Mika also needs to stop for like some potion ingredients, and it's on the way back from um, like where he was meeting his mom. So, um. He meets his mom. Everything goes well. You know, he gets his closure and then comes back. And on the drive back, they stop to, like, pick up um, some potion ingredients. And that's when they finally kiss. Finally. Finally. It's one of, it's like, well, halfway, maybe over halfway into the film. Oh, yeah. And it finally happens. So they have a cute little makeout session in the woods. And she's basically, like, right here, right now. And he's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> And she's like, okay, I misread the situation again. And he's like, no, like, just, like, not here. Um, So they go home. And they kind of, you know, they talk about their feelings. He's like, I'm scared to get close. And she's scared to get close because he's like, well, what if you don't stay? And she's like, well, what if you guys don't want me to stay? Which, again, communication issues. What's a rom-com without it? Um. But not not nearly as bad as usual. I have to say that. I think because it was more like a family community story. With yeah. Romance and on the side. I will say I love a strong queen because Mika broached these subjects every time. She every time. Like, yeah. 
I'm getting a she because Jamie like after they kissed he kind of started avoiding her and being really awkward mm-hmm. and she's like I don't understand so she's like I'm gonna go talk to him about it and when yes. she went to talk to him about like you need to know how terracotta is gonna deal with you know you're influencing how terracotta feels about me and when she even though she was like delirious with fever or whatever and she's like I want you to kiss me I just love it I'm like get it girl I know he broke I know every she... time and like makes them forces him to communicate which was so good because it never would have happened if it was no. up to him like yeah. to lead the way because yeah she was like all right devil's tango he's like whoa whoa <laughs> like so i just love how she's like yeah that's what's gonna happen um yeah. but yeah we love a strong queen um so then they have like this cute you know they're in a good place in their relationship after he stops avoiding her um you know she's getting along really well with the girls and then it's all of a sudden it's winter solstice, which they all celebrate together. And it's just like your classic warm, fuzzy family holiday scene mm-hmm. where, you know, everyone makes, you know, handmade gifts for each other. And they have all these big, this big meal and they play winter games and they play outside like this big, just beautiful, perfect day until the very end because Mika goes out um, to the sea which we said was kind of like its own character she felt drawn to the sea and Jamie follows her and she thinks they're going to talk about like their relationship but then he's like I, we've been lying to you and I feel like I have to come clean because you mean so much to us now and Jamie reveals that Lillian the girl's like adopted mother slash benefactor actually died several months ago of just natural causes and they buried her um, because they freaked out they're like she puts up the wards around this place she has to do it every year she's the only one powerful enough to do it and they tried to like basically like fake her being alive for many months until the lawyer was like i don't believe it like i'm coming there myself and then they needed to bring um Mika in to like protect the girls but Lillian and this part was kind of creepy I'm not gonna lie um he tells her where they buried Lillian and she goes out and it's like this under this patch of like sunflowers that have kept coming the whole time yeah which she like kept noticing and she brought it up every now and then and I did not pick up on it but then after it was like oh okay that was supposed to clue me in on something um but they buried her on the property and in Lillian's will, she leaves the girls to her sister, Peony, but no one has met her. And they, like, don't want the family to be ripped apart. Yeah. Because uh, so Peony why... knows about the all witches are alone rule. Yes. And that's why they didn't want to, like, report Lillian's death or let anyone know because yeah. they were worried about the sister coming in and taking over everything because no one had met yeah. her. So they were trying to just handle it on their own until the lawyer came sniffing around. And yes. that's when they decided to enlist the help of a witch who turned out to be Mika. So yeah. now she's Mika's feeling really hurt and betrayed and mm-hmm. feels like, they were just using her powers just like everyone else in her life has been. Like, she opened up yes. to them about how she felt this way her whole life. And th- Jamie was basically like, well, we hired you because we hoped that you're mad. You could do work some magic and fix the situation for us. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, so you were just using me again the whole time. Like and everybody else. 
Yeah, so she's really upset and she storms off. But I love how she's like, well, I can't stay here anymore, but I'll come back. Like, she basically yeah. vows to still help try to solve the problem. She's like, yes. I'm, this isn't what I thought it was, but I still am going to try to help you for the girls because she loves them so much. So yeah. she, it's like, they're, it's going to be a couple days until the lawyer shows up. She's like, so I'm going to leave and I'm going to go take some time and move away, like get away from the situation, but I'll be back whenever he's supposed to be here and I'll have a plan. Yeah. So oh, I love that because she didn't just like abandon them. She just like took time for herself, but she still vowed to try to help them, which was so sweet. Yeah. And I think, like, everybody did form a genuine connection and genuinely loved her and mm -hmm. wanted her there after they got to know her. But, like, in the heat of the moment, discovering that she'd been lied to, Mika, like, couldn't see it that way. She was just, like, the same old story again. Like, how does this keep happening? Yes. Um, so she goes to her old house where she grew up, or Primrose's house where she grew up, and is kind of like having like the sad girl all too well 10 minute version cry yes <laughs> um, by herself <laughs> and then she like hears a knock at the door and she thinks you know it's like it's the day it's christmas day mm -hmm. and she's like oh it's maybe like one of the neighbors because she's been seeing everybody celebrating and she's getting all sad and in her feelings and she opens the door and it's jamie Ugh. and he has come to tell her you know like we want you there we all love you like this was not our intention and kind of like because he knew he, he basically said to her like you told us everything that happened to you and we don't want you to think that that's what we did so it's like mm -hmm. showing that they listened to her oh, which I love and they and finally <laughs> they finally no, do the devil's tango but they finally do it they have this whole evening together where they talk first. It's not like, it's not like the movie moment where right. he's like walks in the door and they reunite and whatever. Like they talk right. it all out, they hang out. And then finally she's like, wanna well, go I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> I know it was sweet because it's true. Like they had like a Christmas meal and they yes. played games and they did all together and then they tangoed. Um, yes. And the next day, she goes back to Nowhere House with Jamie because that's the day Edward is supposed to show up. But when they get there, they're too late. Like, Edward came early because he said something was wrong. And he was kind of like, I'm going to take him by surprise, you know? Mm -hmm. And everything went wrong. Like, the girls tried to save the day. But, like, he obviously doesn't know they're witches. And I think they, like, animated they Lillian's skeleton to yeah, pass off like, as somebody who's alive and I was like I appreciate the intent there but no <laughs> they tried I know it was so cute it's like they were trying to be helpful and it was like that's a good theory if they had been powerful enough to like put skin on the bones <laughs> right to make her look like a person imagined one of those like giant skeletons yes with clothes on and it's like hello yes Open like a flower door. dress and yes. a hat or something yeah yes. that's exactly what like uh, like all the skeletons currently in my neighborhood um, exactly coming up on halloween but they then he like ran away and they locked him in the greenhouse so yeah. mika was like all right like damage control basically and she calls 
Primrose, but she's like, I know this is going to reveal the big secret, but I think I can like convince her to let the girls stay together. So well, Primrose kind of comes. Like her ace in the hole because Primrose is yeah. the most powerful witch and she's known for like being able to erase people's memories and she's like she's yes. the only one who can help get us out of this hole with this lawyer like right even but we... like i won't let her leave without convincing her to let everyone yes. stay and this part like this next part i kind of like caught on to um because i was like oh peony primrose you know like two pea flowers but primrose arrives and she kind of has like this haunted look on her face the whole time and they're explaining the situation, and Mika's like, and this witch named Lillian brings them together, but she died, and Primrose is like, Lillian died? And she's like, yeah, why? And Prim- like, she just looks devastated. And come to find out, Lillian was Primrose's sister. Mm-hmm. And they all, they just, like, got her name mixed up, or, she, or like, Primrose changed her name from Peony. They both um, changed their names... Because they uh, ran Lily away when they were from young, like, right? Yeah, Lillian's first name was Lily, and then she went to Lillian. Okay, that's a normal jump. And then Peony goes yeah. to Primrose. I guess it's Primrose. another pea flower, but it's like, okay. Yeah. So she didn't know, like, they were obviously alone because they were witches, yeah. and she didn't know that Lillian was doing all this. And she also didn't know she had died. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that they were twins. Were they twins? I think they, they were just sisters. Exactly alike. Oh, okay. oh, well, no, they were. They did look exactly alike. Yeah. I thought they were just sisters. I don't know. They're just sisters. But either way, Primrose, you know, magics away Edward's memories and then poses as Lillian um, to, you know, she, she fires him, settles the estate's affairs, everything's happy. Um, but now Primrose is the girl's legal guardian, so she naturally wants to separate them. But Mika puts up a fight. She's like, they're stronger together. Look how long they've been together. It's fine, and I will be here to keep things under control until they learn, you know, to control it themselves. And she's like, having family and people who love you is worth the risk. And she kind of is, like, tugging on Primrose's heartstrings there. Mm -hmm. So happily primrose agrees um that if mika stays at nowhere house then the girls can all be raised together which made me so happy like i, I, I was like primrose is never like a monster to me like she was just like very cautious and wanted to like keep witches safe like i never she, thought yes. she was a bad person no she had good intention she just went yeah. about things the wrong like so strict in some ways but she did finally come around Miko and the girls won her over and she agrees that as long as Mika that a witch is there to raise the girls that it'll be okay and so Mika agrees to stay in Nowhere House and then it flashes forward like a year or the next spring and it's time for the witch society to gather again and they are hosting the gathering at Nowhere House. And, like, Mika and Jamie are together. And they have all these yeah. sweet little moments. And the girls are all there. Like, everybody, everything at the house is going great. The witches of the Witch Society are coming. 
and they're going to band their power together to like recast Lillian's warning spell because the power that they have together is strong enough mm-hmm. to revitalize the spell. Um, and so they all get to like see this little coven of the three girls living together and everything's okay. And it's just like a happy ending. It's so good. Yeah. It was so good because like Mika was like, I liked how it was like one day there's going to be a witch who like normalizes witches being in society as a whole. She's like, but it's not going to be me. Like I'm happy with what I have and like the steps I've been making. Mm -hmm. Um, I just loved it. I'm just smiling thinking about this book because it is just such a warm feeling at the end. And so it all came full circle and just had the nice, tidy, happy ending that we love. Yeah. Oh, I loved it so, so much. Oh, I'm definitely buying this. It had (laughs) a little bit of everything, like we said, like the magic and the romance and the family connection and like the the chosen family aspect, which I love so much. Yes, me too. It's just so cozy. It's great. I love it. Go grab a copy right now. Like if you're going to read one holiday rom-com this year, this is it. Yes. This is it for me. For sure. It makes me want to read more books by this author and see like if she's anything else or if there would be like a follow-up to this. Like I would love to see the girls in 10 years, like as they're young adults and where they're at. As they like strike out on their own. Yeah, me too. I would love to see that. She has written others. I looked, I think they're like fantasy or young adult. Um, So this is kind of like, I don't know, a new adventure for her, but I think she killed it. She knocked it out of the park. For sure. It was very good. Very well written, too. You know, it's not even like one of those cute books that wasn't well well written. Like, this was quality in every way. Yes, absolutely. So. So, that's our thoughts on The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches. As you have heard, it's a rave, so definitely go pick this up, grab it from your local bookstore or your local library, and if you read it or have read it, let us know what you think. Um, you can find us over on Instagram at lifeandlitpod. You can send us an email at lifeandlitpod at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Um We've got a full month. We did the full month of October this month. We did. We're so excited. But we're switching gears on our completely <laughs> and heading back into spooky. So we've had such a good mix of like mystical, magical, rom-com, lighthearted. And now we're getting into some like heavy hitting <laughs> thriller. Very aspect. heavy. Very dark. I was reading yeah. the next one that we're going to cover. And it was like, this is definitely a a change from what we've been doing yes very good still a very good book in my opinion um very different discussion next week just a different (laughs) vibe but we've got a little something for everybody so that's that's what's fun about fall and these kind of reads is that you can get like dark and creepy and twisted or you can get lighthearted and witchy and magical so it's fun absolutely 
Yes. So hopefully we've piqued your interest for our last two books. Of course, you can find them on Instagram, what we're going to be covering this month, all of our other bookish content. Um, but until next time, happy reading. Happy reading. Thank you.